0: This episode is brought to you by The Island by Adrian McKinty, the international best-selling author of The Chain. So how far would you really go to protect your family? What would you really be capable of if your family was threatened? This mother and father are about to find out. Propulsive, terrifying and blade sharp. The Island is the next thrilling adventure from the mastermind behind the award-winning global sensation The Chain and a family story unlike any you've ever read. The Island will be released in Australia on the 24th of May, so pre-order today. I read this book in two days. It's compelling, page-turning and character-driven, and it's definitely one of my favourite reads this year. But be warned, once you start this book, you will not be able to put it down. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show. I love talking about it. Oh, my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been doing by myself for so long. And I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm uh, feeling sick. <laughs> Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another Words and Nerds episode where we bring a love of books and literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I can hardly contain my excitement because this episode is all about crime fiction. I welcome the amazing author Andy Muir from Bad Crime, who also has his own podcast and his own great novels as well. Welcome back, Andy. Oh,
1: thanks, Danny. <clears throat> and and congratulations to you. I think it's um we talked a long time ago and there's like you know so many episodes that you've managed to achieve and do. It's um it's incredible.
0: Oh, thank you. It's a bit of an addiction. You know, you have all these amazing conversations about books and, you know, a lot of your friends don't want to talk about books all the time because they like to talk about other things. So you get in a, you get quite addicted talking about, you know, books with really cool people who are either in the industry or love books themselves or write it themselves. So it's, it's like this thing where it's, if I don't podcast for a while, it's like this, oh, my God, I need to... I need to do it again. (laughs) I had a a break in January where I just put out best of episodes. I thought I'd give myself a break, which I rarely do. And by the end of January, I was like, I need to speak to someone on the podcast about books. (laughs) So tell us about you, Andy. Tell us about your role in bad crime. Tell us about your podcast. So many interesting things going on at the moment.
1: Yeah, look, it's, um, you know, Bad Sydney Crime Writers Festival. It sort of happens every year. It's been going for a few years. And um, and I'm on the board of that. So I sort of um, we sort of work throughout the year to plan the festival. And then throughout the year sort of we also have a number of um, extra events. We have like an international sort of online festival around the middle of the year where we get to highlight some overseas authors. And and then we're also doing this podcast called um, Bad All About Crime. Um, which we've been doing for the last year and, you know, just been getting to talk to some pretty awesome authors. Um, as you say, like you kind of you get to talk to these people and, and they get to sort of share a bit about their process and their writing career and the book itself. And um, our podcast is a little bit different because we sort of then have a group discussion, almost like a book group afterwards, um, where we kind of then continue the conversation about, you know, what the uh, what everyone thought about it and then we also have the Facebook page where people can kind of comment and, and join in too so yeah look it's, there's a lot going on and it, it, I mean as you know like there's always another crime book coming out that you sort of want to read that you want to get your hands on and you know sort of bad Sydney kind of allows me to to sort of do that
0: yeah, Bad Sydney. I love Bad Sydney. You know, I saw you at the festival last December and the vibe was just so great, you know, from the beer garden pre little thing we had and then the festival itself. It was just so much fun. They have the best, most, baddest, darkest sense of humour and it was just a whole lot of fun. So it was such a, I was so grateful to be part of that. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, that's that's the mark of a good festival, isn't it, when you kind of just want to be there and, and hang out and chat. Um but there's also something about the crime writing community. Like it's such a welcoming and friendly, um, you know, group of writers. And I think it sort of comes down to we're all avid readers and we're all kind of engaged. And, you know, it's, it's not... Um, It's not really that competition because you know that if another author has a lot of success, that's actually going to reflect on everyone else and everyone else is going to sort of um, benefit from that. So you're kind of cheering on your, um, your other authors as opposed to kind of, you know, stewing and plotting and doing all those sorts of things. So it is really friendly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. And I think the stewing and plotting is um, saved for the novels themselves. But yeah, the community is brilliant. The whole book community is wonderful, but it's really cool when you get in with the pockets like the crime writers or the kid lit um, community because they're slightly different, but everyone is just so supportive of one another. And I think because everyone knows how hard it is. Everyone knows how hard it is to sit down and write a book. Everyone knows how hard it is to get published. Everyone knows how hard it is to then get people to buy your book and so, when you know people have success, you know that yeah, it's been a hard slog, and you are genuinely happy for these people. So that's what I absolutely love about the book community as a whole.
1: Yeah, that's right, and that's kind of, I mean, that's sort of just going back to the, to the um the bad podcast as well. That was that sort of came out of the sort of the COVID experience where we realised that there were so many authors, crime writers in particular, that were having launches and they weren't able to connect with their audience they weren't able to kind of do the the sort of traditional book launch or you know go around to bookshops and so this was kind of a way that we could kind of assist them and and help them sort of talk about their work and maybe sort of get them in into sort of the reader's mind a little bit so that they can sort of get their book out there because it has been really tough it's been really hard for authors in the last couple of years to to um to get out there and you kind of realise that especially with the the my role in BAD is that I kind of do a lot of work with the emerging or you know debut authors and you kind of realise that sometimes this might be an author's only time they're going to appear at a, a festival it's certainly probably their their first appearance and so you kind of want to make it a really great experience for them and you want to kind of encourage them and and make sure that they have a good time and, and feel part of the community and get to participate and, of course, get to um, connect with some some readers.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that that time in, in 2020, it was really difficult. And I remember I sort of stepped up as well. I thought, well, I'm at home anyway, locked in my house. Yeah. So let's just do some more interviews and create more content so at least people are being able to talk about their books, you know. And I think that's sort of where... Um, you know, where the podcast kind of grew because I just kept creating content out of, you know, mm-hmm. love of doing it and of being stuck at home and it felt like you were, you were sort of leaving your environment because you were yeah. talking to people you wouldn't usually speak to. And so, um, you know, I think that's been really good for the book community podcasts like this and everyone's become a zoom expert. Like how cool is that?
1: I know. 18 months ago, we didn't even know what Zoom was. Something you did with your camera.
0: <laughs> that's it. I'm on mute. You're on mute, Andy. <laughs> I still hear that a lot. <laughs> now, crime, yes. I love crime fiction too, and that's why I really wanted to speak to you. I love, you know, fellow crime lover, fellow podcaster. Does it get any better than that? But I want to know for you, what is it about crime fiction that resonates for you?
1: oh, look, you know, for me, it's just a, a great story. And I know that, um, you know, some people disagree with this, but for me, crime fiction is about a really strong plot and and characters and, you know, characters, you know, more so, because I think if you've got a really great crime character, whether it's a policeman or a crook, you can sort of get away with a bit of um, a few sort of plot problems if you kind of invested in that character. Um, and so I just love you know, going into these sort of new sort of story worlds and and kind of going along with the journey, I'm not really interested in hearing about backstory or, you know, what a character's necessarily feeling. And and for me, a great sort of crime novel is really kind of, it has this momentum and it just builds and builds until you kind of get to the end. Um, and, and, you know, you kind of read it very quickly as well. You don't kind of... Well, for me, I don't savour it in the sense of I don't want to kind of sit there and read beautiful sentences. I just want to kind of read what's the story, what happens next, why are they doing it, what's going on? and um, I love that. And, yeah, it's it's sort of. You know when you're kind of reading a great crime novel because it sort of does capture you and you just kind of go with the ride.
0: Yeah. I love, love when I am literally stuck to my seat and I cannot get out of my seat because I need to know what is happening. And even if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, I know I'm not putting this book down. And I think one of the last really powerful experiences I had with that was The Last One to Burn by Will Dean. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I started reading it at about six o'clock at night. And it's it's not a huge book. I think it's about 70,000 words. So, you know, a bit different to you. 90,000 usual crime. And I knew as soon as I was three chapters in, I'm in for a late night. But <laughs> I, I didn't stop yeah. until I'd finished that book. And it was about one, two o'clock, whatever it was in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, it's a really special feeling, you know, cause I think, you know, like me, you read a lot of books and a lot of books are good. A lot of books are great there are only a few books that really blow your mind and that was one of them for me
1: yeah and it's kind of funny isn't it because I mean I mean you know I had the same thing where you kind of get sent a lot of books and it's like you know what is it about that book that's going to stand out that's going to make you want to kind of pick it up off the um off the pile and you know fairly quickly whether it's a book for you yeah and it's not saying that that's a bad book it's just saying it's not connecting to you personally
0: great and not so connecting can... for you at that time well, that's you know, have right, you ever you come know? back to a book i've done that i've come back to a book that it's been on my shelf for ages and i just wasn't in the headspace for it or i wasn't in the mood or i wasn't at the right time and then you pick it up and you go oh now now i want to read this book so that's kind of special too because i think you need to be in the right place to read specific books too.
1: Yeah, and I think that books also find us. I mean, as you said, like it's that um, you have to be in the right space to to sort of receive that story. And for whatever reason, you might not be ready for it. Um, And so, you know, another time when you pick it up, you know, it's set and off you go. Uh, And that's kind of one of the really fascinating things about, you know, coming from a writing perspective and also as a reader, it's like, you know, why is it that that book connects at that time? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where did it sort of suddenly sort of become, you know, a must read? And it's, it's it's almost organic like it's almost a kind of living mm. thing in some way
0: it is it is and you know because books are you know personal and they do deal with the interior of a person i mean you know we know crime crime fiction is plot driven but these days there's a lot of great characters in it i usually read a couple of books at a time depending on my mood so i'll simultaneously read different genres depending on what mood I'm in. Mm. so But I really like the idea of the page-turning crime. We just want this amazing, thrilling, page-turning, blow-your-mind, surprise-you-reveal-at-the-right-time kind of book.
1: Yeah. And it's that, it is that sort of the thing about crime is uh, you're also spending a lot of time trying to work out
0: yeah. what's going
1: to happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you're completely wrong, I think, is also
0: yes. the mark of
1: a great crime novel. Yes. I, you know, you didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, and there's, a fine line.
0: The- there's a fine line between that, though, right? Because the author can't, yeah. you know, trick you and put old random person who was never foreshadowed as, you know, the person who'd done it or whatever. So it's a really clever thing to lead you down a path. But then when you find out, you're like, oh, of course. How did I not yeah. see that? And I really like to do my guessing at about maybe 75, 80% in from the book, mm-hmm. I'm quite, I'm fine if I've guessed it by then. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. If I've guessed it any earlier, it's a bit disappointing. But around the 75, 80% mark, if if I think I've guessed it, I'm, I'm good with that. But, yeah, when when you turn the page, you're like, oh, how did I not pick that? Especially as an avid crime reader, that's the mark of a great book, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you, you can't... Uh... You know, lesson for the writers, you know, you can't trick your uh, your author. I mean, your, your <laughs> reader. We're too smart.
0: To
1: <laughs> but I'm it's true.
0: Yeah, crime's evolved, though, hasn't it? And I love how crime has evolved. And when I was doing the Four Critics, um, Four Continents podcast where, you know, we did a whole lot of crime critics, it was really interesting to talk about how crime fiction reflects its society. Mm. And I just that blew my mind because in different parts of the world different things are reflected. And I've never thought about that before. So even though you've got your page turning thriller, you've got plot driven, you've got all these great things happening, there are so many layers to a crime novel because it reflects society, you know, and I just think that is that's it's a genius genre because it just does everything.
1: Yeah. And it's also it's of a particular time as well. Yeah. Like it's not only a society, but it's a moment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you kind of look at the classics, um, you know, like Agatha Christie, all those sorts of things, you know, they are reflective of that sort of interwar period and where Britain was and those sorts of things. Um, and at the same time, it's perfectly fine to go back and experience it again, like almost like a yeah. historical viewpoint. Yeah. Um. It's, it's, yeah, it's a really fascinating genre. Mm,
0: so I think so too. Mm. And what I've learned from speaking to so many crime writers, I think, is the importance of pace. And mm. I never really thought about it in any depth before. Um, but then I started talking to people about it and then talking about how chapters, they change in length or word length and sentences change in length and paragraphs change. And I thought, wow, like I'd never realised that, Pace is created in so many ways, not just by the action, but also by the structure of the book. And I just think that is absolutely genius. For you, what have you learned from speaking to so many crime writers?
1: I've learned so much. And it's such a privilege to kind of be able to kind of talk to so many authors. And I'm sure you've found the same thing, but you you actually, it's a bit like teaching. Like when you're teaching, you learn about whatever the subject is that you're teaching. And it's the same with interviewing authors because you're sort of, you're kind of learning that everyone's on a different journey and everyone's had um, kind of similar experiences, but different at the same time. And it's also reassuring that it doesn't matter what level an author's at, they all hate their own work at some point and generally in that midpoint, yes. around 30,000, 40,000 <laughs> words, they kind of go, this is the worst thing I've ever written mm. and it's never going to see the light of day. Um, but that sort of um, self-doubt and um, insecurity, it, it's common. Like everybody experiences it. And that's really sort of heartening to hear because, mm. you know, as you know, when you're kind of writing, it is, you're very much on your own. You really don't know whether what you're doing is yeah. you know, going to go anywhere or mm. whether it's going to work. And it's sort of, it's a bit like the lottery. You're kind of yeah. in it. you kind of hoping you're going to win, yeah. but it's not <laughs> and you, really. And you
0: wake up to a different feeling every day. You know, I just did yeah. a resubmission, you know, publisher asked me to resubmit a crime novel and they told me, you know, what you should be doing. I'm like, oh, I've got this. Like all I need to do is do what they tell me to do and do it. And then you get to writing and you're like, oh. This is really hard. And then you wake up every morning to a different viewpoint on the same page or the same chapter. You know, some mornings you go, oh, that's okay. Yeah, I think I've got this. And the next morning you'll be like, this is the worst thing I've ever read. (laughs) Delete the whole thing. And you just to and fro, to and fro until, I don't know if this is your experience, (laughs) until I was just completely lost, had no idea whether it was good or bad or somewhere in between. And then I just had to submit it. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You kind of you know with a story though, like you kind of you know I I think you know you have to trust your your guts and you have to sort of trust your instincts around the narrative and the characters Mm. and you kind of know when it's working and you kind of know when you're lying to yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true.
1: And um yeah, it's kind of it's very easy. To lie to yourself. Mm,
0: because it's easy. Because if you lie to yourself, you don't have to change it or fix that chapter. That's, right. that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to spend oh. another 100 hours perfecting that chapter. Yeah. in
1: the next draft. <laughs> that's
0: it. <laughs> what Jack Heath said, though, to me really sticks in my mind. And I hope this is true for me as well. I know it's true for him that he gets about, sort of, I think it was about 70% into the book and he just loses complete confidence. And yeah. He's just like, I'm a fraud. I've used all my talent up, which, as we know, is not true because Jack Heat's amazing. But I really thought that was interesting because someone with, you know, more than 35 books under their belt still has that self-doubt about mm-hmm. them. And what he said to me that really resonated was that every time he's found writing a book really easy, the publisher's gone, nah, just go back, fix it, heaps of edits. But every time he's really struggled and fought with a book, that's when the book has been the best and yeah. the editors have come back and, and made the minor changes. So it's almost, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, the real struggle and tackle and fight with the book because maybe you are being honest with yourself and you were letting that self-doubt improve the you know, the content. Maybe, maybe there's something in that. I just found that fascinating from such a prolific writer.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what I was saying. Like, you know, when you kind of talk to these authors that have got multiple books, because that's the other thing that, that you know, you, you learn that it's very hard to get one book. Yeah. It's harder to get two books. <laughs> and then sort of after that it just sort of gets a little bit easier. <laughs> but, the,
0: you
1: know, the doubts are still there and, mm. the, um, you know, as I said, the, like the insecurities, and I don't think that ever goes away. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it's, Yeah, it's a really, it's a weird game. Writing is just, yeah.
0: Yeah, it is, yeah. and yet you're compelled to do it, you know. You're compelled to do it even though it's hard and you half the time you don't know what you're doing or what's good and
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: what's gonna, what the outcome is is going to be, you know. It, it is. You spend a lot of time writing, you know, the 90,000 words and you've just got to submit and you, you know what you've got to do, just get on to the next project because there's no use kind of waiting around.
1: Well, that's right. And I also kind of find that, um, you know, stories infect us. Mm. And you kind of have to purge it out of, yeah. your, out yep. of your brain um, to kind of move on to the next story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Story. Yeah, I agree. Totally. It's like this unfinished business that you have, to, yeah. you have to get it done, submit it. And then I've just got this thing, and I know lots of writers work in different ways. You know, some people just have to wait until they hear an answer, or some people work on multiple projects. I just, I finish a project, I submit it and then I just have to start on a new one and I try and put it out of my mind, you know. I, that's the way I just have to operate. What about you? Uh,
1: yeah, look, I'm, I'm pretty singular. Like I sort of, I mean, I have a couple of projects on the go at the moment, but um, and it is that kind of switching between the two mm. when one isn't working. Um, but there's one in particular that, that's kind of the dominant yeah. one and that sort of is yeah it's it's been problematic it's been you know causing me lots of grief but, you know, <laughs> that
0: might be the one andy the one that's good be. you know the jackie theory that's the one <laughs> the one you wrestle with is the one that's gonna work
1: <laughs> yeah so uh, anyway we can hope
0: <laughs> <laughs> i will hope to i loved your book um hiding to nothing and we spoke about that in episode 91 andy i'm up to almost 500 now and we spoke in episode 91 years ago Yeah. Millennials ago, decades ago. That's right. we were both young. (laughs) (laughs) Young, so young we were. Young and
1: carefree. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also that's also kind of demonstrates how the publishing industry is changing as well. Like Mm. sort of you know, podcasts were relatively new. Yeah. Now they're they're quite important in terms of book promotion and Um, Well,
0: it's a different medium, isn't it? You know, like you can just actually have a real chat, real conversation, not just about the book. And, you know, sometimes I have to go, oh, better go back to the book. That's why we're here. (laughs) But you end up having these really amazing conversations about, you know, the interior of people and life and society and how things reflect things. And it's just so interesting hearing about these things and where the stories come from inside a person. And that's what I find, you know, is it might be missing out out in the world, you know, when you do these book promos and stuff which are necessary and great. But I think the conversations about what's, what's behind them is so interesting.
1: Yeah, and I think that the conversation is the real strength of the podcast because, you know, like in the sort of more traditional book interview, like the author will have their prepared anecdotes you're kind of if you are following a particular author that you like you kind of know that they've got these sort of four or five stories that they'll roll out all the time whereas on a podcast they're not really able to because it's extended yeah I don't know it feels maybe a little bit more personal and yeah yeah.
0: it does and I always go off script so even if you ask me for the questions I can't help myself and I'll just be (laughs) responding to whatever you say or a new thought comes into my head so I, I only give questions if people um, ask for them because I'm like, you know what? I could give them to, but I'm probably ask one and yeah. go on fifty tangents.
1: It <laughs> is kind of interesting, you know, how some when you're kind of doing the podcast, like some authors really want to kind of have that. You know, please tell me what you're going to ask me about yeah. so I can compare. And you 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 do that. You kind of yeah, give of that, that to them, but then I find in the interviews often you just yeah. you go off script you go yeah. off on a tangent and yeah. the best thing like- is
0: yeah if you forget your recording and you're just having a real conversation with a yeah. real human being about things that you love you know yeah. you can't yeah. go wrong you know they've written the book they know what the book's about i've got thoughts about it they've got thoughts about it you know and you just mm. talk realistically about that which i think is so much more interesting than you know your stock standard questions and you know i think you're doing a great job with your podcast too so uh, no, we,
1: we kind of work hard at it, but it's also that thing of you've got to kind of, with our podcast, we've got to balance that half the audience will be writers and half the audience will be readers. Yep. And they're very different questions that you're asking of the author. Mm. And as a writer, I know that I always gravitate more to the writerly questions of like, oh, you use Times Roman font do you? Oh, do you write longhand? <laughs> um whereas you know, the readers don't care about that. No. They want to kind yeah. of hear, hear about the story you know, character. Next book
0: coming out. Yeah. No, it's really interesting that you say that. And I've given it a bit of thought. But then I just thought, you know, I have so many episodes that some are going to lend themselves more to the reader, Some are going to lend themselves more to the writer. Some will slot in between. Some will be about something completely different. <laughs> so I just think, you know, it, it's okay. It's authentic. It, it it's, it's a real conversation and it goes where it goes. You know, and some of those interviews where you do throw away your questions have been the best, most honest, most interesting, vulnerable conversations that, you know, you've ever had with a person. Sometimes you've just met, mm. you know, and that doesn't often happen in real life. Think about the boring conversations you've had a, at a wedding, you know, with a table of strangers, you know, the conversation always starts with what do you do? Where do you live? You know, all those questions yeah. that are very surface. But when you're on a podcast, you've got your 30 minutes and you want to make the most of it. And so you just go in and just ask all these really real deep questions, which you often don't get. In the real world, which I think we need to do more of, Andy.
1: Real questions.
0: Yeah, just in the real world. Just go up to strangers and go say, hey, what are you afraid of?
1: <laughs> well, what's, what's wrong about asking about the weather? <laughs> well,
0: because it's really cause raining we all know. at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, oh, it's raining. Like, I know, I'm, I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are the interesting <laughs> It's It's weather. Petrol Prices, those really interesting conversations.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, see, it's so much more interesting talking about books.
0: (laughs) I think so too. That's very funny, Andy. Now tell me, we will wrap up, but I do want to do this again because I'm really, I think we've got a lot to say and I think we can go on a different tangent next time, but I think it was really cool to catch up again after we'd caught up, haven't caught up for so long. What makes a great crime character?
1: Oh, a great crime character. Well, I think you know, it's what makes a great crime novel and what makes a great crime character, they're very similar. And it's that fine balance of familiar and different. You kind of you want to be introduced to someone that you kind of vaguely recognize, but they're, you know, giving you a new perspective on a on a world, on a situation. Now, whether that's a police officer or whether that's a crook, I, I personally really like reading reading about the um, you know, people getting into bad situations and and crooks and that as opposed yeah. to police procedural. So if someone's going to give me a um a character, like they've got to give a different, you know, perspective yeah. that I haven't seen before, mm. and that's kind of the same with a story as well. Like you really need something, you know, fresh and different, and you know if I get sent another book about a city detective going to investigate a crime in a country town where they grew up <laughs> and solve the problems of their past, <laughs> I think that we really need to get past that trope. And um, and we're also at the moment we're also getting a lot of crime books about mothers. I don't know whether you've sort of picked up mm. on that, but mothers have sort yeah, of become yeah, this big yeah. theme at the it's most. interesting. The threat to the child or... Mm you know, the, the the home. So now I'm I'm really kind of keen to kind of see what is the next, you know, thing that's going to emerge.
0: It's mm, um, re- really interesting, the next trend. And it's interesting how they emerge, isn't it? And I don't have the answer to that, but it's really yeah. interesting.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm really interested in that zeitgeist idea as well, mm. where you sort of all these authors, are we sort of writing about something that's very similar and they all kind of hit at the same time. So, you know, what was it that triggered those, those thoughts and ideas like where yeah. do they, they come from and why did they all sort of yeah. happen at that, at that time
0: yeah it is amazing um, it must be something subliminal in social media and the news or something like that i can't put my finger on it either but there are these trends yeah. you know and even sometimes you fall into them you know Like you'll you'll start writing something and like oh hang on and this is what everyone else is writing or has written you yeah. know this is not going to work yeah. that's interesting where those ideas come from yeah i actually really yeah. love um crime novels that make me ask questions of myself You know, because we all like to think we're a decent human being with some flaws and shortcomings, of course. Um, But, you know, those books that make you ask questions about yourself, you know, like, oh, would I do that or pressed Mm. into this situation? How would I react? Would I react the same as this character? And going in without being judgmental because it's really easy to say well I wouldn't do that in the, my, that situation but you don't know like if your kids are yeah. you know threatened or if someone you loves in danger or you know you're just scared like think of the silly crazy weird things you've done just been you've been scared yeah. you know I, I, I' like going into books without judgment and without saying oh as if you do that because you just don't know until you're in it
1: you know that's right and it's and also that, that um. You know, I think I really love it when you're kind of reading a book and the character's doing something and you're going, don't do that. Why did you do that? (laughs) And then also, like, the character kind of knows that they've done the wrong thing, but Mm. it's kind of the hole's getting bigger and it's getting worse and worse and they can't get out of it. You're you're reacting as a kind of friend going, don't, stop.
0: And haven't we all been there, Andy? Haven't we all been there? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Or in retrospect. You know, retrospect. Like, oh well, probably could have done that bit better. but you know that's what makes us human and i think that's what is so amazing about you know crime fiction at the moment is it is a, really about the human flawed experience and the flawed world that we live in and just navigating that the best way we can so mm-hmm. you know i think crime fiction does that remarkably and well it is,
1: I, there was a few sort of um crime writers sort of 12 months ago and we were all kind of having these conversations about do we include COVID. You know, like, is that going to be part yeah, of the crime thing. novel? And mm, I hope we're not. sort of starting this with a couple. Of, <laughs> yeah, we're all kind of over it now. But it's not so for
0: you know. me, okay. I'm I'm fine with people writing it, and people might want to read it. I've personally had enough. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, that's why there are that's so many people of, in you know, so many books.
1: That comes back to that, you know, crime being a reflection of the society
0: we're mm. in, and yeah, also totally. being
1: a particular moment. Yes. Um. And so, yeah, we sort of, I I don't think we've really seen many
0: Mm. pandemic
1: novels coming out of Australia yet.
0: Yeah, and it'll be interesting because it could go either way, right? People just want to either get far away from the pandemic and just want to forget about it, or I would be interested, I don't like to do blanket rules, I would be interested if someone looked at it from a really different perspective that I haven't thought of before. I'd be keen to look at something like that. Yeah. Yeah. andy always a joy i remember in episode 91 it was a joy to talk to you and then i saw you again in december at the bad crime sydney writers festival which was just an amazing time and i knew that talking to you would be a joy again i hope we can do it again with a little, maybe a different angle i don't know where we're going to go next time but there's so much to talk about crime so i'd love to do this again but thank you so much for giving me your time and your brain and your thoughts and your love of crime no,
1: no thank you thank you for having me on it's been great